When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And in the words of Romelu Lukaku, history repeats itself. Been through it in 2019 and 2023 again. I hope the league really takes action this time for real, because this beautiful game should be enjoyed by everyone. Fuck racism. We're with you, Rom. Welcome to the Anglo-Italian podcast. My name is Adam, and this week is a solo edition No Rory this week, but normal service resumes next Thursday, so keep an eye on our socials. But this week, we are going to be joined by a guest. He will give us a flavour of Serie A, as well as discuss his beloved Lazio, the Coppa Italia, and also the weekend fixtures. So let's get into it, and let's preview Serie A. My name is Massimo Morales, and you are listening to Anglo-Italian Podcast. Ciao and come stars, we are in the Serie A section and I am delighted to say that I am joined by an incredible guest. I'm joined by football commentator Federico Varco. So Federico, nice for you to join us on the Anglo-Italian podcast. How are you doing this evening? Hi Adam, thanks for the incredible. Uh, fine, thank you. Hope you are as well. Uh, so... Let's crack on. Yeah, definitely. And um, we brought you on especially to talk about Bianco Celeste, your famous Lazio side. That's, uh, I think it's fair to say you've been quite impressed by how they've been performing this season. Um, before we start, I suppose, how have you taken on like this kind of second season with Sari at the moment? Yeah, I think, I think he's done quite... Okay, I should say really well. Uh, but the problem <laughs> is I... You know, see, I've got this 98-99 shirt, which is my favourite season ever. Um, and that's not this Scudetto one. It's the one we win the uh, the Cup Winners' Cup and um, mm. Lazio lose the league in, on the very last day of the season. Still, I'm convinced, you know, that season was Lazio's best in history for multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because they won in Europe. You know, I've, I've got yeah. a, such an, a, you know, a f- fondness for, for Europe. But then, you know, the club doesn't really think likewise. Um, So I feel like detached from that perspective, although I understand, you know, we don't have like a full squad, uh, which is probably able to be competitive on all three competitions, which is, you know, uh, a proper shame, especially, you know, after Roma winning the Conference League last season. Although, you know, I don't really value the competition so much. uh, But at the same time, you know... um, uh, we we always boasted we we had won something in Europe. They hadn't. Uh, so last season, you know, changed the, the perspective a bit, and I just wanted you know Lazio to do well again in Europe this season. And and it didn't look like a mission impossible because you know they mm-hmm. they, they, they 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 had a I wouldn't say an easy group, but yeah, but then a doable group with Feyenoord, mm-hmm. Midtjylland, and Sturmgrads. And then you know they all level on points for the first time in history, all on level on eight points, and then they don't go through. 
for a miserable game in Rotterdam, but also, you know, for miserable games against Turmgrads, I think, especially the one the one in Austria. Um, also, yeah, the one in Rome, but the one in Rome, they were like reduced to 10 men, so it was a bit strange. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, obviously, you know, you would expect them to go through in the Conference League, but they struggled with, with Cluj and then left the competition, sadly, with AZ, uh, Alkmaar. And I think, you know, it was a it was a shame, to be honest, but I don't think Sarri really values... Europe, although, you know, you, you would think, you know, he won it with Chelsea, won Europa League with Chelsea, beating yeah. Arsenal, obviously, it was a completely different side, definitely the mm. strongest side. Um, but at the same time, you know, you, 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 will give, you will think, okay, I can give him a chance. But then, obviously, all the efforts went into the league. Uh, I, can't really blame for, I can't really blame them for that somehow. Um, so they, they, they did well, apart from a few stupid games, I would say, like, you know, mm. losing in Lecce or... Uh, you know, win a bit, beating Empoli 2 nil, and then you know drawing two two in the last six seven minutes, which which was bad. Um, or obviously, yeah, they, when they lost at home against Atalanta was a bit surprising, I must say, because Atalanta really played well in that game. And in the reverse fixture, actually, Lazio played mm. probably the best game of the season, yeah. winning in Bergamo. So it was a bit weird. But then you know they really improved in terms of you know clean sheets. Now with six yeah. consecutive clean sheets. Um, as Oli Eriksson had done, you know, has done better with seven at the end of the 90s. So um, there are many, many, many positives. Um, mm. And also you can see, you know, that obviously the defence is tidier at the back. Mm. And all credit due to Romagnoli and Casale forming a, mm-hmm. a good partnership uh, in the back, which is something we had really lacked for a while, you know, playing the back four strong partnership with something we really really didn't have especially mm. last season it was like it was yeah zo- zonal defending but then yeah you know they were they were they were never moving forward so we considered a lot from long shots or, yeah. or outside the area or whatever because you know there was never enough you know enough how do you say understanding between the yeah central defenders to say all right i will cover that but you go and cover a bit the shot or whatever, you know. They, mm. they probably didn't have that kind of understanding, which you can see it, it's really visible. It's it has improved. Um, so you know, as, as we were we were chatting before going yeah. live about Milinkovic Savic, which is probably gonna leave at the end of this season because you know, otherwise he won't extend the contract and then 2024 he will go for zero. So <laughs> they definitely need to sell him now because otherwise mm. you know it, it would be such a shame um so i think he will leave i don't know where if you ask me i personally know he would have wanted to go abroad but then you yeah. know i don't know which club really will go and get the cash out for mm. his performances you know well even when i was at the pre-season up in the mountains you know and it was so close and you could see He's a completely different size of player. He's, you know, so yeah. big and he's so skilled and he, he makes the difference. But at the same time, what me as a Lazio fan, what, what I didn't like sometimes from Linkovic Savage was like his attitude because, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. it was like, all right, this is an easy game. I yeah. don't care, you know. But for instance, last weekend in Monza, I saw there was a shift mm. Um, mm. mentally. It was like, okay, solid performance. It was like he went from minus to plus during the game it was like going going up and up his performance was rising uh, and it's something you know I, I wasn't really used to see because you know sometimes he tended to underestimate 
you know opponents or or games but yeah. he was really in the game so i think he's aware this this part of the season is very important for for him and for Lazio, of course but also for him and you know to show to show up on the scene on the big scene uh he knows he probably knows these last 10 11 games would be would be key for his mm. for his for his future really not just for yeah Lazio's season but for his career yeah definitely i think when i reflect on sari so far i think this second season even though at the beginning of the season i didn't anticipate lazio to finish as high as they have been right now i mean i appreciate the season isn't finished yet but they are in a very promising position right now um, but the one thing that really sticks out is how clever he's been in the transfer market. So as you allude to, obviously, Romagnoli, even from Milan, has been a really fantastic signing, to be fair. But even Provedal, who they bought in from Spezia, has been really solid as a goalkeeper. Because if I remember last season, season even Sosa, he wasn't the most solid. There was a a few games where he'd let the ball slip quite easily, for example, or not save those opportunities. So it feels like he's got even players like the likes of Pedro, who he brought in on a free transfer from Roma, which is mad when you think about it now. But brought him in, he knew him from his days at Chelsea, and he's just given him the like full reins to kind of be that key player for him. And he's really rewarded him because of the performances that he's getting out of Pedro. So I was going to ask you, I mean, do you feel like this season has been different to last season where he was still learning, I suppose, about his squad? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's been different under many, many points of view, I would say, you know, first and foremost, I was, I was mentioning the clean sheets and that's, and that's, you know, that was very important to, to improve. Um, and also mentally, I can see you know the the, the team has improved as well. Uh, you were mentioning in the transfer market as well. Sorry, likes to have his you know Italian players, and if they're, if mm. they're Lazio fans, even better, <laughs> which is something <laughs> we really we really really appreciate from from him in terms of strategy. Obviously, because he knows if he brings in some players who actually were Lazio supporters when they were kids. So we will feel kind of easier to convey his message or to see passion on the pitch, which is which is what we really want to see as well. Um, so th that's something we really liked as well. Um, but yeah, last season has been has been crazy as well because you know they they, they were going from games, stupid games like four four against Udinese at home, conceding in stoppage time in like eight minutes of stoppage time. Um, to I don't know big performance at Juventus, uh, yeah, at the end of the season into Milan um, as well at home three one that was a big yeah the, beginning. The, 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 the Inter game obviously yeah so mm. there were many many ups and downs and then obviously yeah winning the derby but then losing three 0 in the reverse fixture was very painful of course so um, I see you know I think they 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 understood better the. The environment they, they understood better the, the value of the games obviously at some point they were really flying i think in october when they were like winning four nil against cremonese four nil against fiorentina you know they were they were doing really well and you would think you would sense okay this is a fantastic season let's move on but then you know mm. they, they didn't really materialize as probably you were expecting in that moment but uh, but at the same time, yeah, uh, I mean, at, at the moment so far so good that they won in Naples, which is a fantastic result. Um, uh, obviously, Napoli has done 
you know, have been doing so well that nobody really can, you know, catch them out. Um, but at the same time, you know, if you take Napoli out of the equation, then obviously Lazio and Juve, I would say, so far, have probably done uh, better than the rest in terms mm. of consistency, let's say, at least. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think the interesting thing is we haven't even mentioned Chiro Mobile, who has been your provostal, I suppose, really provincial striker that's been kind of giving you all the goals but this season it's been less reliant on him this part of the season anyway certainly um yeah. where do you see the future of Chiro going forward because it feels like you know this Lazio squad can cope without him he obviously adds some value because he does score goals but every time I see him I I kind of question myself what value does he actually add sometimes because it feels like he's one-dimensional with his kind of game um Obviously, you've seen a lot more of Chiro. What would you make of him? Yeah, it's true. I mean, um, you know, until Inzaghi was was the coach, obviously, I don't know, he's probably slightly younger as well, but the team really was, you know, doing all the extra effort for, to do well for, for Chiro, I think. Um, you know, since Sarri stepped in, things have changed somehow because of the movements on the pitch and what, you know, what he wants him to do. Mm. And the movements and everything else, and and then obviously this injury didn't really help him to. You know, I think he never really recovered from from this injury, to be honest, because you know he keeps sitting out of games and stuff like that. So uh, obviously, fans will always will always love him um, if he wants to end up his career at Lazio. We'll be happy with it, but obviously at the same mm-hmm. time as you know, Di Cani was talking <laughs> at the beginning of the week. We probably read the the quote. It was like saying, yeah, the, the, the team from my local bar, well, which would be probably the equivalent of local pub, we have like three strikers, yeah. Lazio only have one, <laughs> and um, which is true, really. So yeah. it was giving credit to the coach because, you know, it was saying, yeah, they, they, they really didn't have like two or three strikers all season long, and he, he made things work with just one proper striker, which is uh, which is mad if you think about it. And uh, obviously, yeah, Cancellieri should have, should have stepped up, but he he never really he never really stepped mm. up for Chiro, let's say, and uh, and probably that's not even his proper position, natural position. Mm. Um, so uh, I've heard Lazio kind of refuse to have Joe Simeone <coughs> on loan. If it's true, that would be really mad because then you know Napoli had three proper centre forwards uh, in the squad throughout mm. the whole season, which is the kind of player Spalletti really loves to have in his in his team. Um, and Lazio really didn't have even one. So it's uh, obviously it's because, you know, they don't play in the same way. It, it's different. I understand that. Uh, but, you know, I, I would love I would love to have another another striker next season. You know, really, really need it because, you know, as you say, yeah, future without Chiro, maybe this season it doesn't look bleak. But at the same time, you, you definitely need someone to to step in and um, and change a bit. I don't know because maybe you don't really need that kind of striker anymore. You need someone else. You know, it was like when Kandreva left in 2016 and went went to Inter. You you would think, yeah. okay, we can't we can't replace him. And then they got Luis Alberto, and then people were thinking, right, who is this guy? You know, it, it's not it's not Kandreva. But then. They actually got another another kind of play, you know, completely yeah. different kind of play. It was not like coming in for Kandreva. It was like someone else. So you need you need to adapt um, to, to you know to to the transfer market opportunities. I think, especially if you're mm. Lazio, and uh, 
but I think Sarri has got clear ideas. Um, so we'll see, we'll see what the future has in store because you know that will depend as well what Sarri is going to do. Does he stay? Does he does he, does he leave? What is going to happen next? Um, and then obviously Sarri as well. He asked Lotito to have a team manager in order to mediate yeah. between him and the club, which will be fantastic. You know, like when Peruzzi was at the club, he was doing that that job, like club manager. So it was like you know, if person in between the club and the team, yeah. which is, I think is very important. Lazio especially. Um, so we would see. I think you know th- th- those additions will be key, both both on the pitch and off the pitch. We, we need to see what was really going to happen next first before finding you know kind of replacement for for Chilo. Let's see. Yeah, and this was one of the questions I was going to give you as part of the Letito aspect, but I suppose I'll bring <laughs> it in now because uh, Matteo Rotegui has been linked with Lazio. Um, it's an interesting player because obviously. Obviously, prior to his call up to Italy, no one had heard of him, and now suddenly it feels like a lot of clubs have now noticed him because he scored a few goals for the Italy national side. <laughs> I do, I do feel sorry for Zagangi when he never got that call up, but he, Mancini gave his reasons supposedly. Um, but what do you think of that link? Do you think that would be someone that Lazio could really get behind? Uh, because I always question myself when these links happen literally do italian clubs have the funds to fund these kind of moves but this is the big <sighs> question with latito he obviously has his eye on champions league football and potentially he's gonna have to back sari because you can't expect the whole squad to last in the champions league as well so he's got to put his you know hands in his pocket and give some money right what, what do you think of that one okay too too many too many <laughs> too questions many issues, right? too many issues now <laughs> because you know i don't know where to start <laughs> But obviously, okay. Um, if I think you know, okay, Lazio need definitely need to play more regularly Champions League football first and foremost because you know I was talking to other friends recently and was like, okay, we need like big famous European nights because we don't mm. really have them, you know. Even mm. if you know we reach the UEFA Cup final, World Cup, Winners Cup, beat Manchester United in the Super Cup, but then our only famous night in Europe is winning at Chelsea, Stamford Bridge. 23 years ago if i compare that and i probably i have to compare that to roma if i compare that to roma roma beat barcelona twice three nil at home uh, in 20 years you know and uh, we really never faced barcelona we just faced real madrid and we really never really beat them because it was it was like two draws at home two two twice and then we lost in madrid and actually roma won in madrid then obviously the other side of me says, "All right, they go, they go in Europe, and then they lose seven-one in Old Trafford. They lose six-one in Barcelona. Um, they lose seven-one against Bayern Munich. So why do you actually go to Europe? But the, the point is, you have to take into consideration. Yeah, you might, you might, you know, face the big guns, and you're not really equipped to do it. But you need to go there and learn and, and put yourself on a big stage, and you know, kind of get some." get some publicity out there mm. because you know otherwise if you're scared to move forward then you will never move forward you will never do any extra step you need to do that but even if i compare that to let's say fiorentina you know <laughs> they have they kind of have modern special nights compared to Lazio. then well they haven't won a trophy in 22 years so maybe this no. year they're probably making up for that uh, yeah. but you know if you think yeah when they beat arsenal at wembley or when they they beat manchester united at home in Florence so you know when they were in the Champions League 
they, they, they had good nights, you know. We, we had good nights, but at the same time, probably mm-hmm. because Lazio at that, mo- at that moment were like top team, top team in Europe, I think so. You know, at least are in top four, top five. So whoever you were facing was still below your level. Whereas, you know, it's not, it's not the case nowadays. So, you know, okay, I was, say, I was mentioning this to say we need famous European nights. And then they probably they, they, they only play Champions League football okay, in two, two seasons, which is 2007, 2008. And then after the COVID, 2020, 2021. And then in both, in both occasions, they never really splashed the cash. You know, even if Lotito knew what was coming, mm-hmm. but then he was, he was not really opening up his wallet. Things have changed since then. Let's say, you know, they have. Mm. I would lie if I would say, you know, they haven't changed. But at the same time, you know, if I see last last summer, I think he spent wisely. Good players was like, there was like a major overhaul in the squad. Yeah. Um, so I don't see this happening this summer, to be honest. They need to be even shrewder, let's say, in the transfer market. Yeah. Probably, yeah, they need to spend, but I don't expect him to really splash the cash. So he will have like probably probably you know a limit somewhere yeah. and then we will see and as you say it's not just Lazio's problem it's probably tend to be Italian football problem at the minute yeah <clears throat> well at the minute it's been it's been for a few years <laughs> it's now. been for decades right <laughs> yeah exactly so we need to you know coexist with that and uh, mm. be be wiser on the on the transfer market as well which I think Lazio's been doing so they need to carry on with that, but I don't. I wouldn't spend them. To, you know, I wouldn't expect them to overspend. Let's say mm, definitely, definitely. I think he's going to be quite shrewd again. I think he's going to be just given a pot of money. It won't be huge amounts, and yeah. he'll have to wheel and deal. Then, then then I, it depends as well on Milinkovic. You know, if he leaves yeah, true. for yeah. how much? Maybe forty-five, maybe fifty million euros. I don't know. And then, what do you do with that money? Do you actually reinvest it? He, he doesn't have that kind of history to reinvest no, directly, to be honest. So it's not it's like when weird. he was at Chelsea, where he had lots of money to spend. Right, this is the problem. Um, and yeah, yeah I, I, I do wonder with Sergei Malinkovic Savic because he's always been linked with moves to Man United in the past. I mean, it was rumoured that in January he might be going to Juventus, which obviously, yeah, it transpired. They didn't have really any money anyway. So um, that's probably a blessing for Lazio fans anyway in general. Um, But yeah, I I suppose, what's your views on Italy and the way obviously the league are dealing with the situation? Because, yeah, what's quite funny is they're trying to cut down on the amount of illegal streams right now. That's their way of uh, protecting the rights of the leagues. Um, But it doesn't feel like they're addressing the real core issues, which is, you know, the infrastructure that clubs, you know, can't build stadiums, right, for example. They're not selling the rights properly when they're selling the TV rights. I mean, when I was looking at comparison, I think, you know, apart from maybe the Bundesliga that unsells themselves versus the Serie A league, and you think how competitive the league has been over the last two to three seasons. Like, you know, Serie A has been goal crazy. You wouldn't normally associate Italian football with being lots of goals. But for once, it's been really exciting. And, and you feel like with the right people, you could get some solid investment into the league. But yeah, is there something rotten in the core, do you think, for yourself? Or do you think we're just underselling yeah. what Italian football is, right? Okay, this this is probably too long to answer. I would say because <laughs> <laughs> there are so many issues, and even if you know we don't have enough time, I think probably um, not. No, 
but um, yeah, I think you touched almost every every single issue. To be honest, um, I don't know if we probably need some kind of complete restructuring of of the league system as it is in mm. terms, you know, what Serie A is. You know, probably you need to to do something completely different, like I don't know MLS or <laughs> or something else, because you know, at the it will be the only way to think collectively and move in the same direction because otherwise everybody will be rowing in a different direction because of their own interests but then again yeah. this is italy you know and uh, <laughs> it's you know the, the, the football is like it's like a reflection of what the country is so if you can you actually change the country without changing the football or, or vice versa I, I, i'm not sure to be honest you know when it's uh it's a bit complex uh, so yeah i mean infrastructure for instance is, is is a major issue and uh you know everybody will need to do more but then you know something always happens that prevents things from happening you know you 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 will think about juve but then if you think what happened when juve built the wrong ground and the scandal which you know was happening beforehand it was a bit it was a bit crazy as well at the time um but then obviously you think of sassuolo but then they got mm. you know they built stadium in another town in another city yeah. which, you know they built by reggiana but then they built it in reggio Emilia, which was wrong with that and obviously the, the good thing is yeah udinese is obviously a good example mm. atalanta is a good example as well in terms you know how the how the you know the the, the, the new yeah. ground how, the, how it looks like uh it looks like a proper um, you know, a, a proper football ground, which is mm. which is really well done on them. Then people keep criticizing the San Siro, which I love, but you know, I understand, I realize, you know, I can see it in the background of the picture, but um, other people say, yeah. yeah, it's too old, it's decrepit, it needs to go down and do something else. So there's always debate about the the issue as well. Um, so it's 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 really tough <laughs> to find yeah. a solution. I think it's the problem is you kind of have those Italian infrastructure issues, which is the obviously the city's not allowing for these developments to take place. But ultimately, for clubs like your Lazio's, etc., to survive in the climate that is European football, they have to aspire to be like your Premier League and Spanish counterparts, where they are offering a lot more to that game experience, right? So you yeah. know there's there's yeah. so many things like you allude to we could do a whole pod on it to be fair and i'm sure <laughs> we'll invite you next time to do this but yeah it feels like for me anyway certainly you almost want an infrastructure that starts at your serie b say achieve level where it encourages that youth development but the big, biggest thing that i see when i go into italy just the pitches just to get some decent pitches you know for locals to actually play and encourage youth to actually enjoy football because it feels like at that level, that's where I suppose you're seeing comments like Mancini and Sari refer to the likes of having more Italian homegrown players. But then there is an element of they need to be allowed the opportunity to play football as well because that's the other ultimate thing is it seems to be a little bit reliant on certain clubs or certain coaches to do that. And, you know, it's only so much that we can have the likes of Zemin still doing it at Pescara, for example, <laughs> encouraging great football, right? Um, we need a lot more to develop as part of a bigger core, bigger strategy. But then again, then again provocative question for you. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, then last season, last season ends with 
Mourinho winning the the conference in in mm. that way, you know. Yeah, sure. You you have you probably watched the game, and it was like yeah. Feyenoard most of the game. You know, they did hit the post, did the crossbar, yeah, of whatever. course. But then Roma were very solid in defense. Let's say yeah. very good goalkeeping, and they still have a very strong defense. I think you're probably the, one of the best in the league. And then they, but they win. You know, but they, mm-hmm. they win the competition. You know, after 14 years without a trophy, then they win in that way. Real Madrid win the Champions League in the final, playing in, in the way we, we witnessed. So you know that was. I was going mad because you know we were we were like used to say right. That's not the way to play football. And then they play that way and they win the trophies. And then you say, okay, sit, sit back, relax. What's happening now? You know, <laughs> is that the answer? Yeah. Because, you know, probably Serie A, do, do, does Serie A have the quality players to express that kind of football, that level of football? They showed they can, but they, mm-hmm. they don't really have the, probably the, the quality players, the top players to improve on that level, I would say. So yeah, it's, it's a bit of a, you know... A, problem my approach is there's no wrong way to play football there is definitely the Mourinho style you can have the Sari style right for example and I suppose your point is nicely too even the Italian national team that won the Euros they've on that final probably wasn't the best but neither was England after they scored that first goal but for me like I was screaming at Mancini why he wasn't like putting some forwards on for example he was riding (laughs) it on and you're holding on and I was just like Okay, you got England's fastest players against the likes of Kalini, Benucci. I was just expecting someone to get sent off here. But yet, you know, like to your point, they were so strong. They had the dark arts, if you want to call yeah, it that. Yeah. They they were just experienced. They knew what to do in those circumstances. And I, I feel there is, in those sort of circumstances, like a final, you don't have to necessarily be the most aesthetical. You might not be the most pleasing on the eye, but you get the result done. And I, I think sometimes that's what matters for fans is that them winning for example so sometimes there has to be a balance and i think even the best sides if you refer to real madrid for example last season in champions league carlo i think the best scene you have is him smoking his cigarette on the sidelines even when they're losing one nil because he knows he's confident that they will get another goal you know benzema and modric they seem to just pull out (laughs) something and they were incredible so I think there's different levels. I think there's always that cockiness, there's that confidence, that that everything plays a part. But I think, yeah, you know, I don't have any issue with a team playing it long. You might not agree with it, but ultimately, if it wins you games, who's to argue? You know, I think this is the thing, especially for if you imagine the likes of Udinese, for example. I think they've done amazingly with Sutil, for example, this season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe they played it too much, perhaps. Um, but, you know, even Italiano, I think he struggled with Fiorentina at the beginning part of the season. They've gone to a bit more pragmatic. They're not necessarily the free-flowing side, but they are playing to their strengths and they're winning games now. Yeah. So this is the funny thing about that. So I suppose for me, it's just more, I feel like at that lower level, there's not that kind of cusp of players that are coming through. They're not necessarily coming through. And then there's also that debate about Serie B and Serie A. There seems to be a level of players that do really well at Serie B, but never are like bothered about making it into Serie A because they'll get offered more money or they're comfortable at their clubs in Serie B. So it's like, why would you aspire to be in Serie A? Serie A is the place to be, right? But, you know, there's some structural issues there as well, I feel like, you know, they should try and overcome it. But 
yeah, yeah it's there's, true. There's if, you, if, if, if you look at the level of Serie B as well, it's true. I mean, uh, probably, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, it was much more, com- I don't, I wouldn't say competitive, but level of players there. If you look at the Classifica Marcador, mm. the top strikers, you could see completely different names from now and you would say, oh, wonderful. But then, you know, I was attending <clears throat> Como v Parma a couple of yeah. weekends ago and um, and Fabregas and Buffon were in, in midfield <laughs> and you say, well, what's happening, you know? And uh, But then again, there are like old players at the end of their careers exactly trying to find, you know, a, a good way out of the game, kind of, or, or a way to stay in the game in another fashion. Um, so, yeah, it, it is not what Serie B should be, perhaps. I, I, I get your point, you know, it should be... Uh, mm. Like a you know, step up to 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 Serie yeah. yeah, and Serie B is a tough like, league. Yeah. It's a tough it league. Is, you see is. how many teams but that that's... go down and then almost get relegated to Serie C. It's incredible. Yeah. The levels yeah. down there is incredible. They don't come um, back. Yeah, they don't. They 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 really do struggle. Um, yeah. but yeah, let let us move on because uh, we had a few games this week and uh, it was Coppa Italia time. So we had the first legs of the semi finals. Uh, interesting two sets of games, uh, it's fair to say, Federico. We had Juventus take on Inter in the uh, classic Derby d'Italia. And then we also had Cremonese take on Fiorentina. But I think all of the highlights and all of the news was made around the Juventus-Inter game, which obviously is probably nice for you because you actually, with Lazio, take on Juventus this weekend. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's interesting. But obviously that game finished one all. Um, didn't come to light until the 82nd minute when Quadrado scored initially for Juventus and then in to get the penalty just before it finished and Lukaku takes the penalty and dispatches really well um, despite the crowds and what they were giving to Lukaku um, and that obviously made the headlines itself um, because of the chanting that was going on. Um, I suppose what, I, what really resonates with me is you're seeing these videos inside that Allianz Arena and it's not just like a couple fans, it is quite a number of fans. And I suppose big question is like, what are the authorities doing about it? Because it doesn't feel like they're being, you know, harsh enough. They're not being, you know, strategic with what they're trying to do right now. And it's not the first time it's happened, right? It's not just at Juventus, it's happened at numerous grounds. And it's the reputation, unfortunately, of the Curvas that really do kind of dominate these kind of matches. But in this particular match, it was kind of really quite prominent. Um, what was your initial thoughts on what you saw in this game? Okay, I, I, I wasn't I wasn't aware of the uh, you know racial ab- yeah. abuse until quite later on when I you know was crawling on Twitter on the Twitter feed yeah. from the TV footage. It was not really evident in that moment. So when I was watching it. I, I, I would I won't lie to you. I was kind of enjoying the uh, <laughs> the game. <laughs> all the yeah, all the all the uh, fuzz at the end. Let's yeah, say, especially yeah, yeah. because I would say the game lit up at the very end. Uh, so it was probably a bit boring to watch before then. And then you know suddenly you know lit up with the Quadrado's goal and then with the penalty and then all the cows which hands should at the very end. I was saying, oh, really? Okay. Um, because I remember, okay, I'm, I must say, I was I, I was an Inter employee, okay, for four mm-hmm. years. I can say that freely because you know I won't be an employee again. So <laughs> I'll talk to you. <laughs> and I remember during lockdown when they were playing the derby against AC, 
uh, you know, the, the, remember the famous Ibrahimovic versus Lukaku yes, incident? Yeah, yeah. And it was <clears throat> incredible because, you know, I was there. I was one of the lucky few to be in the stadium that day because obviously it was closed behind closed doors and everything. And you could literally hear everything which was going on. And it was just between the players. So there was no, there was no crowd. And mm-hmm. we had like the, during that season, we were doing like special editions of the podcast. And, uh, you know, what we thought it was like, okay, there's no crowd. We can probably do like voices from the pitch, you know, yeah. and, uh, cut like an edit or whatever. And it would look cool. And then it was fantastic because, you know, that season was like every, well, lots of Inter fans were listening to that kind of stuff because, you know, it was the only mm-hmm. proper stadium experience you can actually get in that condition behind closed doors. Uh, I'm telling you this because <clears throat> in that, you know, in that circumstance, it was like, Taking a guess, like say, oh, what's going on? You know, it's uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's noticeable. You know, you, you notice what's going on, and it's you would you know it will make the headlines. You know, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Of course. Yeah. Um, so that's what I thought when I was watching you re-enter in that moment. It was like, yeah, this this, this is going to make the news. But then, obviously, I didn't expect it to go back again to the usual <clears throat> to the usual stuff, uh, which is a pity, obviously. But at the same time, I always I always mention another example. I I. In 2000, 2001, um, mm-hmm. I attended a game in Scotland, Tynecastle, Hearts v Rangers, um, <laughs> and I remember, and I remember local fans booing uh, a Rangers fan, you know, black yeah, Rangers yeah. fan, like you know, with a proper unfortunate monkey monkey chance. And I was like, all right, I was expecting to make the headlines following days on every paper, and I was looking at every paper, and there was nothing there. I said. Mm. Wait a minute! What's wrong with that? You know, they yeah, why yeah. they're not why they're not saying anything? You know, because it was a completely different approach to what I was used to back home. You know, yeah. And I was saying, all right, may, maybe they're actually getting it right because you know, if in Italy, if you do all the fuss and everything, then people will feel like, oh, <laughs> you know, we're famous. They're talking about us because you know <laughs> we we're racially insulting Lukaku. You know. Whereas, you know, in Scotland, it was like the other way around. It was like literally nothing, yeah. nothing there. So, you know, there was nothing to talk about. And then they probably they probably didn't do it again or they're probably not doing it in 2023. I wouldn't expect the crowd no. at Tyne Castle to behave like that. You know, so it was just, it, it just vanished. You know, it just vanished. <clears throat> so I, sometimes I wonder, is that the right approach? You know, I'm, I'm happy to be in, the, in this podcast, which is called Anglo-Italian mm. Podcast, because, you know, also, you probably heard from the Laurentis. He keep talk. He keeps talking about this infamous yeah. Margaret Thatcher law, which doesn't really exist. Uh, it never really existed. You know what? What existed was completely different project. I think it was the T- Taylor report, which happened, yes, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, in, in the nineteen eighties. Um, and, and actually, what what the report was saying it was not like put these guys in prison. It was like all right, guys, we need to renew your infrastructure. So seating areas, do this, do that, invest some money, you know, in, in, yeah. in, in football, in proper football. Because in that moment in England in the 1980s, it was like taboo. You know, yeah. I, I, people told me you couldn't even go for an interview in a job and say you were a football fan that people would look at you like you know, weird. Yeah. And say, really? Is he? So or, or I think England v. Romania was not even broadcasted live because people... I don't know if it was England v Romania, some other maybe Ukraine. I can't remember, but it was mm. not even broadcast on 
on BBC because, you know, there was no enough interest. You know, if you think yeah, about yeah. it today, it was like, really? Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, it was just because, you know, they needed to put interest back in football matters. Um, yeah. And that's exactly what they did. But that was a long road. You know, you, you can't really sort it out in one day. You, you need, like, no. as you say, you need, like, a proper strategy, do things properly, but especially invest wisely mm. you know uh, and that's exactly what english clubs have done since then to be honest since the 1980s yeah um, definitely and in terms of the match itself if we bring it back to the game itself yeah. um big result for inzaghi because i think there's a lot of you know heat on him especially given it's 10 now much. defeats in the league and then obviously going into this match he needed to get something big out of this I think he'll take it, but obviously he's going to miss Lukaku in the second leg by the look of things as it currently stands anyway. Um, but for Juventus, obviously, they rested quite a lot of plays in the previous game match. Coming into this, obviously, you would have thought that there would be the team that had the momentum potentially. Um, but certainly this makes a different dynamic going into the second leg, which will be in two weeks' time. I mean, do you anticipate there to be kind of something that Inzaghi can get out of this? Because Inzaghi <sighs> seems to be like a cup coach. He seems to do it in yeah. the cups, but not so yeah. much in the league. So do you think it's all a momentum now goes towards Inter after this result? First and foremost, let me say I feel really sorry for Inzaghi because you know, I attended the Inter v Lecce game and it was like, you know, when the... Uh, when the when the when, when, when the lineups are announced, and then the guy there, the speaker actually says the name of the player, and then all the crowd responds with the last name of the player or of mm. the coach, and then there was actually no one screaming in Zaghi, you know, literally almost no one inside the San Siro with, you know, sixty plus thousand fans, yeah. and and I know from other ex inter well inter, other inter fans, they don't really. Um, yeah, they don't really value him as a coach, which is a shame because I, I know obviously what he did for Lazio and uh, I, I feel sorry because, you know, he doesn't deserve that kind of treatment. But at the same time, I'm, I realise I understand expectations are inter are different. You know, you, you won't save a season by just winning a Super Cup, even if, you know, he yeah. beat AC uh, quite roundly, I would say. But um, yeah, that, will save, that won't save the season. Obviously, Big chance to move forward in the Champions League as well. You know, Inter had, had not played in the in the last state of the Champions League for how long? Eleven years, uh, exactly, eleven, yeah. twelve years. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, he deserves he deserves credit for that. But as you say, when they lost momentum in the league and they they, they lost too many games, you know, it's just uh, doesn't doesn't make sense for Inter uh, in this season. But as you say, that that last minute penalty would definitely change the, the dynamics for. The return fixture, even though even though uh, it seems like Inter always suffer a bit against Juve in every game, be it for a refereeing decision, for another wrong, or for whatever, it's it's really difficult. Uh, and then, if you ask me from a neutral perspective, I would have loved to be I would have loved it to be the Viali final in Rome, <laughs> but it won't it won't really happen. You know, it would have been wonderful mm. to be Juventus v Cremonese, but. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, it won't happen. So if Fiorentina need to go, we go to the final. Then, yeah, if, it doesn't change much now in terms of you know romantic, mm. <laughs> romantic approach towards that, that this is, game. Yeah, this is true. This is true. I was going to ask you in terms of Inzaghi, do you see him still being in a job by the end of the season? 
I would like, uh, you know, I would love to, uh, mm. because at the same time, if I think about it, who are the other options? You know, um, I personally remember when um, I was traveling with the club and, and we went to Madrid to play Atletico, uh, and then Lautaro scored uh, the winner in a friendly. Yeah. Uh, I had the the chance to meet Simeone in a restaurant, and um, and I think you know he would be really eager to be next into coach. Uh, but at, at the same time, do you really see that happening? You know, because it's it's very tough. You know, if you, if you consider his salary at Atletico, what is what he what he has built at Atletico, leaving without a Champions League, which was probably what well, definitely was his dream. They're losing two finals. Um, I guess Real Madrid. Um, I don't know if his job is really done, but if you see how Atletico have been playing recently, you would think, all right, they, they need probably need, he probably needs to change. If if he changes and then moves to another club, that club will definitely be Inter, in my view. Mm. Uh, but I don't know if it's probably too soon at the minute because you know club wise as well, Inter are kind of assessing themselves as well. You don't really see um, a proper future until. Another president maybe comes in. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a bit tough. Then I know many many Inter fans will probably dream of the Walter Zenga appointment, but at the same time, you know that will be just because he is an Inter fan. Is that because of him as a coach? I don't know. It should be yeah. both ways. Um, but, you know, I don't I don't really see any any other any other proper option to be honest. So what do they do? What do they do? Just get rid of Inzaghi and bring in a kind of you know um, i think this is a problem i mean we were talking about it on our podcast and you think the options you've got out there i think they're really struggling to get a coach i mean there's no way they're going to get conte i can't see deserve be leaving brighton for them for example Mourinho coming coming back i can't see that either unless he's got money this is a problem he wants some money to invest in that squad he is not like the inter side where they won they could uh treble that season for example so i can't see that happening and then you kind of look at the options in Serie A now Juric maybe could come in from Torino and do a good job, but then you're kind of looking at, well, he hasn't done so much apart from Torino, for example. And then the ones that are coming through, they're probably not ready to kind of step up. So, you know, for example, Italiano, I think he's got a good philosophy, but he's not yeah. ready just yet, for example. Sutil's no. kind of new, for example. Um, I, I, I don't really see many other coaches really being able to do it. I did suggest maybe Morco Rossi from Hungary, for example, coming back. But that, again, he's, you know, he's probably at that age where he prefers to retire now. He probably isn't in that stage. And- the point the point with Inter as well, I mean, if you see, obviously, history, you know, you know well. Um, when you have, like, a, a stricter coach, then they can't succeed. Otherwise, you know... It, it, it won't. It just won't work for multiple reasons. You know, it was like in Zaghi last season, it was working because you know it was giving more freedom to players. But then, giving more freedom to players this season has translated into kind of anarchy, mm. let's say, which is which is not really what you want that Inter to be successful. You, they don't need that. So you definitely need a stricter approach, like obviously Conte, Mourinho, that kind of that kind of coach. Um, yeah. So. I, but I don't see that happening yeah. apart from, you know, the, the, maybe Simeone, you know, but yeah, too soon. Too soon, perhaps yeah. too soon. And that when he invested like in other people like De Boer, it never really, no, never really exactly. worked. 
there's, so, there's rumors of Sergio Conceição again from Porto. Okay. But again, again sense. Will Stankovic, will Stankovic yeah. make sense? Maybe. Uh, Kivu, I think, yeah. He was doing well at the, in the under 19 with the Primavera. I think, you know, he's Possibly. been working all his way yeah, up yeah. through the. Uh, through the, the, the you know the, the youth ranks, yeah, exactly. which it will, it will make sense. He knows the, the plays inside out. Probably key will make sense. Um, you know, yeah. Club Igor Tudor, who's been doing quite well at Marseille. <laughs> I, I appreciate he's one of those you either love him or yeah, you hate him. Yeah, too much humor. Doesn't happen, you know. Yeah, well, I'll quickly mention Cremonese. Obviously, they lost their leg against Fiorentina, making it a bit more difficult going into second leg. Fiorentina been doing quite well. Have you been impressed by how Italiano has been kind of, I suppose, this second part of the season, really getting them back up? No, I, I, I really expected Fiorentina to keep performing well, despite, you know, they had like some you know, uh, bad performances at the, at the very start, like, yeah, losing to Lazio 4-0 or losing in Turkey against Istanbul BB 3-0. Um, but then they, they, they recovered perfectly. But then I, I, I was kind of confident it was going to happen because, you know, I remember the Spezia side from Italiano was really very good side, the way they played. I think he likes positional football, but that's not the kind of positional football of players not running. You know, they, they run into position. They know what they're doing. Mm. Um, so I, I, I knew they were going to play well. And I and I remember when Inzaghi's Lazio were playing Spezia. Yeah, they, they won games, but they never deserved to win because, you know, Spezia played yeah. much better than them. So I, I was confident that Italiano, he was getting a better side. Uh, they, would, they would perform uh, after a certain point, you know, after buying into his philosopher which which they did uh, and it was wonderful actually before sorry came in um, I think Lotito had like a four-hour um, conversation with Italiano in order to see if it was good enough for for the Lazio job but then he decided not to but uh, I think it would have been good addition for Lazio as well you know um, in that case so mm. as I said uh, I think you know. Obviously, it's very, very good chances for them to to win this. You know, to end this twenty-two year draft, um, and they can do it either either with the Coppa Italia, with the Conference League. The very, very, very good position to do it. Definitely. Well, we'll quickly now do a weekend preview because I'm conscious of time. So uh, tomorrow, Federico. Oh, yeah, and they play Spezia next 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 weekend. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's former so. club. So interesting. Yeah, should be interesting. <laughs> yeah. So um, we'll start off with tomorrow's Tomorrow. matches, and we've got Salernitana taking on Inter, Lecce versus Napoli, and Milan taking on Empoli. Um, but just word on Napoli because obviously we saw that shock defeat on Sunday against Milan, and that was some comprehensive win for Milan as well. It was the Milan that we saw from last season, just performing on that day, and Napoli having. Unlike unrarely, I suppose, rarely seeing such a poor kind of uh, team performance because it wasn't just one individual, it's a whole team performance. Um, obviously, kind of easy match against Lecce, but it's never going to be an easy match when you go to Lecce because it's all the way down the south on that farmer's pitch, right? Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, do you think they'll go back to winning ways this weekend? Well, they, they need to, although I've you know listened to Spalletti's press conference, he said he will bring some changes. Mm. Um, so we, we will have to see, because, you know, the, the Champions League games next week, 
are so important. That's yeah. why, obviously, in a normal weekend, you would expect them all three to win these games tomorrow. Mm. But I'm not, I'm not so sure exactly because of that, because of what's coming up next. You know, um, uh, you know, in Napoli, I think they consider the Milan game like uh, summer, summer storm. You know, something yeah. which, you know, it happens and then it goes. Uh, we left to see if that kind of dented their their confidence. Um, it, it hasn't, you know, hasn't affected their ambition for sure. But what what about the confidence? What about the self esteem? You know, uh, because you know, if you lose one nil is something. If you lose four nil, it's a completely different matter. So does he actually act like a sense of re- revenge uh, when they actually mm. play Milan? Uh, next midweek in the Champions League, uh, and obviously that's the risk of 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 tomorrow is overlooking this, you know, the league's fixture to move directly yeah. into the into the Champions League. But you know, there is just too much expectation in the city at the moment that they can't really afford to underestimate the game tomorrow. Um, even if, as you say, I was you were mentioning Lecce, you know, had some decent. Scopes, uh, I think, yeah. during the season. Um, they also played very well against Inter at the very start. Yes. And they beat Lazio to one. So, you know, it, it's not an easy place to go. Um, Definitely but, not. But Yeah. They've been I, playing really well. I've been impressed by Lecce this season. And, you know, players like Bacharito, for example, I've been Lecce. really impressed by him, even though he's a typical homeboy by the sounds of it. But he's um, he's loving it. And, I, I, you know what, I'd love for him to be in one of those bigger sides, but it doesn't feel like he'll be one of those players to do that, unfortunately. But um, Yeah, so yeah. probably Napoli to win by one goal mm-hmm. margin, it will, be, it will make sense. Yeah. Well, we'll move into Saturday's games. Quite a lot of games taking place. I'll go through the fixture list. So it's Udinese taking on Monza. Then we have Fiorentina taking on Spezia. Atalanta taking on Bologna. Sampdoria versus Cremonese. We've got Hellas Valorona versus Sassuolo. Torino versus Roma. And then your beloved Lazio Federico taking on Juventus. (laughs) We might as well take that game on first. Um, how are you feeling going into this weekend? I mean, there must be a lot going on, little little battles, it feels like, especially for Sari, who will want to get one over Juventus in particular. But, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting matchup, right? Yeah, as, as you were mentioning, the, hopefully the, the Coppa Italia game will have, you know, will leave some, uh, we would say, an Italian scorias or some, yeah. <laughs> some bad taste. Wounds, to, yeah. Wounds, taste, yeah, yeah. To, the, to the Juve team because, you know... Uh, yeah, you know, Lazio they don't have cup games anymore, unfortunately. So it's it's it's, it's they, they, at least they could prepare this for this for this weekend's game much better. But then I also remember the reverse fixture in Turin, which you were one three nil, and uh, it was a dead rubber in the first forty five minutes. And then you were, you know, they found this this goal out of nothing, and then they just literally, you know, had it very easy. In, in the second half. Too easy, I think. I think it was just too easy in the second half. And they were, they were missing players. If you remember that moment of the season, mid-November, because of the World Cup break, it was like, the feeling was like you were sinking. Uh, Allegri was on the verge of leaving. So, I don't know, whatever happened with Danielli, Nedved, all that kind of stuff, uh, which seemed to be destabilising the all the atmosphere around Juve. Uh, but still, in that game, uh, okay, the, the ultras, which normally make the headlines for other reasons, but in that case, they came back to the Allianz Stadium because you know they had not been supporting the team for quite a few quite a few years, and they actually returned for that game, and that 
actually boosted the atmosphere inside the ground as well, which I think made it also the difference for Juve somehow. Uh, and I think Lazio just shrunk completely in that game. And then, you know, they just headed into the World Cup break in a, in a miserable form, to be honest. Mm. That's why when they started again in January, the loss that Lecce drew against Empoli, they were still, they were they're still not right in the yeah. head. Um, and so the point is, you know, when you play, when Lazio play Juve, they don't really have a good tradition against them. You know, probably most Italian clubs don't. But at the same time, you know, Lazio have just won twice at home against Juve in the league uh, in the last... 20 years which is doesn't make sense yeah. to me at all uh, but that's you know exactly the kind of game when we expect them to step up a notch and say okay prove prove to the to the league that we're actually there and, and we are for real because otherwise mm. uh you know it won't be wasted i don't say it, it's wasted but at the same time you know you need to prove your credentials and that's a very important test for next season then obviously those kind of games in the past lacks have just you know failed miserably like losing one nil at home which seems mm. to be like a favorite result of Allegri this season. <laughs> so I wouldn't I would really, you know, I wouldn't really um, draw, draw off a 1-0 Juve win uh, on Saturday night. Uh, yeah. But then obviously, I'm, I, hopefully I'm, I'm proved, you know, I've proved wrong. <laughs> well, definitely. I think your form going into this is really good. Last five, you've been unbeaten. So that's always promising when you compare that to a Juventus where they have had one loss in the last five as well. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be interesting. Contrasting styles, Allegri, Ball versus Sari. I think Sari will wise up. I think he'll understand where the kind of little pockets of opportunity are, especially with Juventus. Um, I think down the wings in particular, if you can expose them, put a lot more pressure. I feel, you know, when you look at how Lazio approached Napoli, if they can do something very similar against Juventus, I think they can overpower them, certainly with the personnel that they've got. Um, so I'll be definitely rooting on Lazio this weekend, that's for sure. <laughs> Don't worry, you've got an extra Lazio <laughs> fan in me. Um, the other game that I want to also kind of highlight, because this could be the opportunity as well, Torino, hopefully, maybe doing you guys a favour against Roma as well. Um yeah, did you expect maybe Urich to pull off a shock against Roma? Why not? You know, but at the same time, um, I don't know. Just <clears throat> Roma probably we definitely need to do better moving into the into the Europa League game as well. Um, so I think this is probably a good opportunity for them. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I think Torino last game, last home game, they lost four 0 against Napoli. So they probably, you know, they they would be, you know beware of Roma so probably I probably see a draw in this game um because you know they're both very very tough teams to beat when they are on their day let's say uh so I don't see Roma really losing this one again um yeah I always hope to of course but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I have to be if I have to be objective then you know I don't really see them losing this time um because especially you know they, they have also those four players back after suspension and then you know they, 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 they kind of struggle against samp until the 50th minute then you know obviously samp were reduced to 10 men so it was pretty easy until the end yeah. but then they don't really score the second until the very end so exactly um it, it's gonna be a tough game as well uh, for them uh, yeah we'll We'll see. And last game I'm just going to call out is Atalanta versus Bologna. The reason I'm calling this out is Bologna under Tiago Motta have been very impressive. Like they've been pulling off some consistent runs and interesting squad as well. Um, do you expect maybe 
you know, Bologna not traditionally kind of looks upon as being the side to kind of really push on into that type, type of maybe top seven, top six mix. But, you know, the way the league is going and there's a good few games still to go, do you expect them to maybe push on and maybe to push Atalanta forgot, here in this game? I actually forgot about Thiago Motta as a candidate for the interbench. Uh, exactly, yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, that. I was talking as well to a friend the other day who was saying, yeah, I would only... I would only want probably Thiago Motta. But then again, it would be Thiago Motta, Kivu, Stankovic, maybe Cambiasso one day, you know. They're all the treble winners, exactly. <clears throat> club legends, you know, which in this moment in time for Inter, it would definitely make sense. And Thiago yeah. Motta, you know, when he when he first, you know, when he first came into Serie A, it was like, how does this guy actually play? It was like, it seemed like a PSG at the youth level. It was like playing 2-7-1, which is like, Really? That's it. So it was just too stupid to, to think about. Obviously, he has adapted his style to the to the league, but it's done. It's doing really well. Um, and I'm happy for for what Bologna has done under him. So it's it's true that could be a key game for them to obviously show up credentials for mm. for Europe uh, for Europe next season, which you know will make sense for what they did this season. It would definitely make sense. So it's it's a big game. It su surprised me that you haven't mentioned the uh, Sampdoria v Cremonese, <laughs> which is another well, six-pointer, of course. But it's then a huge six-pointer. Yeah. It's a huge six-pointer. But I, I I kind of feel with Sampdoria... They're still you're going down. You're probably thinking... still going it. down. You're still yeah. going down, unfortunately. Even, even Cremonese, it's good if they could get a win, for example, because they haven't played bad. Like, they've just yeah. been unlucky. This is a problem. They've probably yeah. been one of the most unluckiest sides to probably be relegated because they've not played poorly. Like some previous clubs, when they've been relegated, they've been really poor, like yeah, Sampdoria, true. And if you're thinking in the, in the cup, obviously, they won at Napoli, they won at Roma... And then you know you would think, all right, they're probably going to beat Fiorentina, which they haven't. Yeah. Um, but then you know they they had a very good cup run as well. Uh, so the, it means you know they had the, the chance to beat the big guns. If they had the big the chance to beat the big guns, you know it means they proved themselves they could be at that level. But then it hasn't been enough so far. You never know if they could just yeah. win the Coppa Italia. That would yeah. Be, it would have been like, a great season. Yeah. That'd be like the Wigan of Italy, where they win the yeah. cup but get relegated. So. Yeah, hey Federico. Yeah. And we haven't sorry, we haven't talked about the Coppa Italia formula, which is terrible. <laughs> That's another problem of Italian football. Yes, we, we, we regularly highlight on our episode. show about how they yeah. play matches at 2 p.m. or 3 p.m. because <laughs> no one cares on about those yeah. tournaments. It's incredible. Yeah. But yeah. Federico, yeah. thank you very much for Thanks being so much. part of the show. We'll be delighted if we could have you again in future. I'm sure we'll uh, try and arrange that. But for the benefit of those listening and viewing, how can they catch up with your work? Yeah, probably just you know follow me on Twitter, uh, which I'm sure you you have you have done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think it will be it will be good. I can't I can't give you the Instagram account because you know I've been locked out recently, which is a oh, shame. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to. I don't know how to access Instagram anymore. So it's uh, Twitter is the only one left. <laughs> well, grazie, Federico. Good luck for this weekend, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Phil Brown, and you're listening to the Anglo-Italian Podcast. And before we leave you, don't forget, there is some Premier League action. So I won't bore you and go through the whole analysis of what has been taking place this week. But let me remind you of the fixtures that do take place this weekend. So we'll start off with Saturday. So at 12.30pm, we have 
Manchester United taking on Everton. Then at 3pm, we have got Aston Villa taking on Nottingham Forest, Brentford taking on Newcastle, Fulham taking on West Ham, Leicester City taking on Bournemouth, Spurs taking on Brighton, Wolves taking on Chelsea, and then the 7.30 or 5.30pm kickoff is Southampton taking on Man City. And then the big games that do take place on Easter Sunday are Leeds United taking on Crystal Palace before we see the big game at 4.30pm. And that is Liverpool taking on Rory's beloved Arsenal. So I'm sure you're going to enjoy those games over this weekend period. Um, but as I sign out, make sure you do your dues and follow us on our social accounts. So make sure you follow us on Twitter at Italian Anglo Podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram as well as Twitch and all the other socials at Anglo Italian Podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe to this video. Have a great Easter, whatever you're up to, and normal service will resume on Thursday. For now, ciao, ciao, and have a great time. Sports Social Podcast Network.